Part 4 Execution Growth Growth and momentum are the keys to great execution. Growth, as long as it's not sell dollar bills for 90 cents growth, solves all problems, and lack of growth is not solvable by anything but growth. If you're growing, it feels like you're winning, and people are happy. If you're growing, there are new roles and responsibilities all the time, and people feel like their careers are advancing. If you're not growing, it feels like you're losing, and people are unhappy and leave. If you're not growing, people just fight over responsibilities and blame. Founders and employees that are burnt out nearly always work at startups without momentum. It's hard to overstate how demoralizing it is. The prime directive of great execution is never lose momentum. But how do you do it? The most important way is to make it your top priority. The company does what the CEO measures. It's valuable to have a single metric that the company optimizes, and it's worth time to figure out the right growth metric. If you care about growth, and you set the execution bar, the rest of the company will focus on it. Here are a couple of examples. The founders of Airbnb drew a forward-looking graph of the growth they wanted to hit. They posted this everywhere, on their fridge, above their desks, on their bathroom mirror. If they hit the number that week, great. If not, it was all they talked about. Mark Zuckerberg once said that one of the most important innovations at Facebook was their establishment of a growth group when growth slowed. This group was, and perhaps still is, one of the most prestigious groups in the company. Everyone knew how important it was. Keep a list of what's blocking growth. Talk as a company about how you could grow faster. If you know what the limiters are, you'll naturally think about how to address them. For anything you consider doing, ask yourself, is this the best way to optimize growth? For example, going to a conference is not usually the best way to optimize growth, unless you expect to sell a lot there. Extreme internal transparency around metrics and financials is a good thing to do. For some reason, founders are always really scared of this, but it's great for keeping the whole company focused on growth. There seems to be a direct correlation between how focused on metrics employees at a company are and how well they're doing. If you hide the metrics, it's hard for people to focus on them. Speaking of metrics, don't fool yourself with vanity metrics. The common mistake here is to focus on signups and ignore retention but retention is as important to growth as new user acquisition. It's also important to establish an internal cadence to keep momentum. You want to have a drumbeat of progress. New features, customers, hires, revenue milestones, partnerships, etc. that you can talk about internally and externally. You should set aggressive but borderline achievable goals and review progress every month. Celebrate wins. Talk internally about strategy all the time. Tell everyone what you're hearing from customers, etc. The more information you share internally, good and bad, the better you'll be. There are a few traps that founders often fall into. One is that if the company is growing like crazy, but everything seems incredibly broken and inefficient, everyone worries that the things are going to come unraveled. In practice, this seems to happen rarely. Friendster is the most recent example of a startup dying because of technical debt that I can point to. Counterintuitively, it turns out that it's good if you're growing fast but nothing is optimized. All you need to do is fix it to get more growth. My favorite investments are in companies that are growing really fast but incredibly unoptimized. They are deeply undervalued. A related trap is thinking about problems too far in the future, i.e., how are we going to do this at massive scale? The answer is to figure it out when you get there. Far more startups die while debating this question than die because they didn't think about it enough. A good rule of thumb is to only think about how things will work at 10 times your current scale. 
Most early stage startups should put do things that don't scale up on their wall and live by it. As an example, great startups always have great customer service in the early days and bad startups worry about the impact on the unit economics and that it won't scale. But great customer service makes for passionate early users and as the product gets better, you need less support because you'll know what customers commonly struggle with and improve the product or experience in those areas. By the way, this is a really important example. Have great customer support. There's a big catch to this. Do things that don't scale does not excuse you from having to eventually make money. It's okay to have bad unit economics in the early days, but you have to have a good reason for why the unit economics are going to work out later. Another trap is getting demoralized because growth is bad in absolute numbers, even though it's good on a percentage basis. Humans are very bad at intuition around exponential growth. Remind your team of this and that all giant companies started growing from small numbers. Some of the biggest traps are the things that founders believe will deliver growth but in practice almost never work and suck up a huge amount of time. Common examples are deals with other companies and the big press launch. Beware of these and understand that they effectively never work. Instead, get growth the same way all great companies have, by building a product users love, recruiting users manually first, and then testing lots of growth strategies, ads, referral programs, sales and marketing, etc., and doing more of what works. Ask your companies where you can find more people like them. Remember that sales and marketing are not bad words. Though neither will save you if you don't have a great product, they can both help accelerate growth substantially. If you're an enterprise company, it's likely a requirement that your company get good at these. Don't be afraid of sales especially. At least one founder has to get good at asking people to use your product and give you money. Alex Schultz gave a lecture on growth for consumer products that's well worth watching. For B2B products, I think the right answer is almost always to track revenue growth per month. And remember that the longer sales cycle means the first couple of months are going to look ugly. Though sometimes selling to startups as initial customers can solve this problem. 